Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 233 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here, but not alone. We have a special guest this week. Um, I would say the heart and soul of the dearly departed Pod Van Dam. Uh, you know and love him as Pat, a.k.a. Ronald Two Legs. Thank you for joining us tonight, Pat. Hell yeah. yeah. You know, uh, as as a listener of At Odds with Wrestling, I know that you've said that before. That's what you told Ed. He called him the heart and soul. Really, Did I? <laughs> I, mean, I believe it really is me, but I'm just saying, you used it on both of us, so that's fine. Well, I, uh, so you're the heart and soul. Sure. Uh, Ed is the, like, quirky cousin. <laughs> Jonas was the racist uncle. <laughs> and Jobber was, like... Uh, the like your mom's boyfriend who comes over and tries to get you into the weird stuff that he's into. He's just like on the couch chilling, like, hey, yeah, what do you? <laughs> now, Pat, let me ask you a question. So, uh, obviously, in this scenario, you are you. But if this podcast right now was Pod Van Dam between Joe and myself, who is the Ed of the two of us, and who is the Jonah? <laughs> It's so it's so and hard why? to say um, because both of those characters are just such speci- they're very specific. Um, they're, we're all specific people. Our show is a very weird uh, amalgamism. I think is the word of <laughs> whatever us four was. That's a you got, I have, let me answer that. Let's answer that at the end of the show. Let's go with that. I will give you my answer to that at the end of the show. Funny enough, though, the thing is, it's funny about like PVD and like how it started and what it was and whatever. I, I, you want to know who I am on the show? I'm the guy who would get drunk at the wrestling shows and actually go up and talk to the wrestlers. So that's why Ed had me on because he's like, oh, yeah, you can get like the bumpers from people because I'd just go up to people and be like, hey, hey, you want to record this for a podcast? <laughs> I remember you do doing that at the first LVAC show where we met, you were getting people to record stuff. You were just sticking like your phone in front of people. Yeah. Ed doesn't like talking to people and um, yeah, I will. So that was like really how it, what it really like started as. Um, So yeah, that's funny. And now you're part of AIW. Yeah. Adam sent me a screenshot of a tweet that he put out and I swear you got, you're going to get me more heat on me because I'm already the fucking company man. Everyone, they, my right. friends already <laughs> bust my balls about how I'm this company AIW man now. Now you put that shit out like it sounds like I was like, yeah, tell him I work for AIW. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, unless you're doing it for free, you work for AIW, right? Oh, I am not doing it for free, brother. Well. That's, uh, that's your fucking shit. I'm going to do a Photoshop once this goes live of you, you know, a typical Ronald Two Legs photo where you got like a drink in front of your face. But you're going to have an AIW hat, an AIW banner, an AIW T-shirt. You're going to be all decked out. Yeah, I, I do. I, I cover my face for photos. I'm not. Uh, speaking of which, I'm not an attractive man. I, I, part of the reason you had me on this podcast, I said, I'm. you got the fuck you got the fucking you fired up. Fire up that sound bit, then all heat, no heat. Fire it oh, up, let's go. Already, all right, let's go. All heat, no heaters here. That's right, I'm not ripping no heaters because I don't smoke cigs, but... I 
listened to this podcast, and guess what? You guys fucked up because I went back and listened to a bunch of the old podcasts. And you know how many times on this fucking podcast I hear the fucking phrase? And I know I'm swearing a lot. Me and my kid can't listen to this. I was going to say, you're swearing more than Adam and I combined. I'm all heated. I'm all heated up right now. Uh, Like I said, 316, and maybe it had a couple Steve Weisers. But you know how many times the phrase is said on this podcast? Oh, they don't listen. And then you guys just speak freely. Well, guess who listened to all the podcasts? Who Me. listened to the, You listen to every single episode? No, definitely not every single one. All but right. you know what? A bunch of them. And it is said frequently on this show. <laughs> and just opinions rain. But you know what? I'll tell you. You guys said that Ed is the most attractive member of P. That's the first one I'm walking back. <laughs> Ed is the most attractive. Wrong, wrong. Have you ever even seen TSJ? He's a goddamn dreamboat. But yeah, that's what made me think of this. I cover my face. I'm hideous. It definitely is not me. Ed is definitely more attractive than me. I'm hideous. But uh, TSJ, Jonah, those guys are those are attractive dudes. Uh, sorry, Ed. No. But. Now, so listen, I know for sure Jonah don't listen to a goddamn podcast. Oh, yeah, we can if, say whatever we want about him. He's never listening to this. If one. you held a gun to Jonah's head and asked him to say what the name of this podcast was, he'd have a bullet inside of his head. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's um, He has referred to this show a couple times, and, and I almost thought it was like a bit on me because the first time I ever talked about this show, I, d- I didn't listen for the longest time because I listened to like an episode, and there was a lot of WWE talk. And I think I said that it would like – I was like, oh, I made a reference like uh oh ad odds is just like a wwe like recap and i don't really listen watch that anymore so i felt like that became like a like a line like they were busting my balls when they would say that all the time and jonah says that about this show he goes oh i don't listen you know i don't watch wwe so that's why i don't listen but <laughs> i don't, don't watch just busting my balls jonah don't watch wrestling yeah and i was gonna say he t- observes it- wrestling from afar let's call it <laughs> In our defense, the, like the first 100 or so episodes, I made them unlistenable. So if you tried checking in earlier, you know those were a rough listen. But you know, I just remember the first time out. I ever tried, it was I I I, I want to say it, you guys just kind of recapped a raw, and it, maybe it was, and I know it wasn't this day in wrestling history because it would have been older shit. But I want to mm-hmm. say it was just current raw. Maybe somehow I. had I don't know for whatever whatever I whatever I took with me was when you were talking about the last seven days you know when you say the week of wrestling maybe that was it but I don't know I just don't remember but yeah, yeah I'm back well, on now full fledged member so <laughs> you know the the show has gone through a lot of um you know growing and figuring out what it is before we got into the groove of things you know like um like I've been doing my comic book podcast now for like eleven years and it was constantly changing and growing. Until it like fell into the slot that it is now, you know, like maybe like four years ago, you know, so podcasts change and grow and we figure out what's working and what's not working. And yeah, I mean, yeah. You look at PVD, we had how many had Ed decided somewhere early on about these seasons or whatever, <laughs> he had these weird seasons and no one knew, especially Jonah came on after a while and him and I both had no idea how Ed would determine these seasons. He had a reason. I forget what it was like the. The first day of June and something else or something like that. I remember, but um, it, we changed a few times. You know, we were, fuck. Remember, we used to interview people and shit. And, yeah, um, those were good. De- those were good times. <laughs> I, I remember your favorite interview was that Ring of Honor guy, right, Rhett? 
I liked Rat Titus a lot. Um, that was the first ever AIW show that I worked as. Speaking of, you know, AIW fucking guy. Oh yeah, that was my again. first show. Was Wrestle Rager when it was at the stop in part the first stop or third stop or last stop, whatever it's called in Parma, where Austin, uh, what's his name, Parker Pierce works. Um, he was one of the guys on the show. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Rhett Titus, Romantic Touch. Romantic Touch is what he did that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was super nice to me. Um, I liked him. I and I thought the interview kind of went fine. Like, and then afterwards, everyone just was roasting him, like saying how fucking bad they hated that guy. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess he sucked. I, don't know. <laughs> I I think you know because so many other people have come on and they do the things and they're e- they either know the bit of the show and they play along. Yeah. Or they come on and they just, like, bury people, right? Well, that was what everyone wanted to hear because, I mean, yeah. we know fucking Howard Stearns. We are not good at interviewing people. We are not, had no business asking people questions. You know, I'm used to ask people what they ordered from Taco Bell and shit, like, every week. <laughs> like, I was the worst. So you had to kind of know that we were just there to talk shit and be funny, which, if you get it, yeah, then you can – it was – there was a lot of good ones, I think. But uh, I mean, if you I, didn't get the bit of it, you, you thought it was like a straight-laced interview, you weren't for a fucking surprise. I, I mean, I liked the interview uh, stint, like uh, like the phase that you guys went through. I thought it was entertaining, you know. And, you know, obviously Joe's been on the show. Uh, I was never on the show. I was never invited. So clearly you guys have something against me. But I think it was, <laughs> they were all good. You were there for several PVD moments, though, that were only observed by a few of us, like some of the L- stuff that we did out at LVAC and like um, the show when we all drank in that. Well, when, me and Ed drank in that hotel room after the one LVAC show. Like you, I was you've more, been there for a lot of memorable stuff, though, Adam. I was more in the live studio audience for that Pod Van Dam hotel room episode because somebody had the idea to have me and Ed share a microphone. And oh, that yeah. just means Ed's going to have the microphone in the <laughs> Just yeah, you yelling into his hand. <laughs> um, you you've came to several AIW live shows though too. Uh, I remember you said you said what's it called? One of the venues was the only inside. What did you come to outside? Wrestle Rager at Class, I think was when. Which one no, did you come to outside show? Astabula, like uh, the, oh, one the comic the thing? podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Besides that place that, is cool. Just the Odeon. Okay. Well, fuck yeah! I don't want to, uh, you know. I got started the all heat no heaters. I don't want to get too off topic. I know we got some shit to do here. So, so is that all you want to come on and defend like the fact that while Ed is better looking than you, Jobber's better looking than all four of yous? If I had to rank us, it would be TSJ, Jonah, Ed, me. Yes. Um, I mean, there was more. There's been more. I should have wrote these down because I'll be like right. listening. I'll be like listening to the show, and you'll be, and then you'll hear the famous line. Well, they ain't, they ain't listening to this, so <laughs> you guys would just fire off with whatever bad thing you wanted to say about me. I should have wrote them <laughs> down because there was many of them. But you know, I don't think we said anything bad about you. But I think it was one of those things. And this is, you know, and this is my mindset whenever I do a podcast, especially a podcast like this, which is. You know, different than the comic book show, but especially when I would go on somebody else's podcast, um, I have to pretend like nobody's going to hear what I'm talking about. (laughs) That it's just a conversation with the people that I'm on the show with, right? Because if I sit there and I think to myself, I'm like, oh, man, I better not say this because someone might hear it, right? Sure. Um, Like, I I have no problem saying this. Um, A friend of yours, Pat. Yeah. a friend of yours that jumps into pictures on you. 
Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> reached out to me anymore. <laughs> reached reached out to me to let me know that um per their podcast that they do, the Chikara close down angle uh is coming up on its ten years anniversary this summer, which again, number one, made me feel about a thousand years old. Oh geez, right. And number two intimated that somebody had paid specifically for their podcast to cover that week. Oh wow. I didn't get the official invite to be on, but like they kind of dropped the hints, you know. Um, so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if I go on, do I just talk about everything that happened? And I'm like, yeah, I do. You know, ah, fuck yeah, you got it. Yeah, I'm not going to hold anything back. It's been ten years. Anybody who cares doesn't listen, as far as I, like. So anybody who cares doesn't listen. And as long as I go in with that mindset, I can say whatever I want, you know. And but you also, you, I don't think you're the type of guy who's going to go on and lie. So if, no. as long as you're not saying lies, then what the what can they be mad? At? What can you be? You know, and, what are you going to say? And that's the other thing is like is and and like sometimes I go in and I say some you know scandalous shit. You know, I think didn't the um, indie guide folks get like subtweeted at by Billy Dixon this week for some shit they said about him on their podcast? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get know. that far involved in the drama. I know they uh, mentioned it on the most recent episode, but I didn't see the tweets. Okay. Because uh, typically if I say something on here, I usually get um, a inquisitive or salty DM. Very rarely does anyone at me on main <laughs> and say, what are you doing saying this shit? You know? So. <laughs> does that person, uh, do they even listen? Do you think he even got this far? Or did he, did he turn it off? Because I was told uh <laughs> They don't listen to Card is going to change now because I'm the host. Oh, there. really? And I, <laughs> I want to say that that's, I mean, it's funny enough because I think the bit died with PVD. Like, you don't see me on these apps, like, out here talking shit to the guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think, I thought, like, especially early on, like, he started talking shit back to me. Like, like I get that the bit was the bit, but he said a bunch of shit back. So, like, if, if he hates me as much as he tells other people that I know, uh, mutual friends of ours, um, just chill out, dude. Let's take a picture together. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget um, when you found out that they this person had you blocked for the first time. <laughs> and I was at Walmart with my kid. We were looking for Pokemon cards, right? And I get this message from you, and I'm like, and you're like, what the hell? What did he block me for, right? I go, <laughs> come and ask him to unblock you. And you're like, yeah, so I that did. That was a thing for a minute, yeah. And he did unblock you for like a week. <laughs> I said something mean to him. I don't know if you said something mean to him, or he's just like, all right, that's enough. They'll forget about it. I can go back to blocking him, right? Uh, so funny. Yeah. I don't know. People, you're, you are much better off uh, without social media. I'll say that much. Yeah, it sounds dumb to say, like, I feel like I say it all the time on fucking Twitter, but, like, it's just um, shit that I don't have to worry about. I don't know, man. It would make me mad in the middle of the day for, like, shit that I don't care about, which it still kind of happens because Ed loves – I'm still in the group chat. Like, Padre Dam is still alive for us four. We still, like, you know, talk to each other every day. That group chat goes every day. So it's like uh, I'm still hearing about all this shit, and sometimes they'll send me shit, and I'm like, God, I fucking – I wish I didn't know about like I don't fucking care about some of this shit and it gets me like annoyed I guess is the way I'm not like mad whatever I'm not like at work like fucking mad about this shit but like stupid shit in wrestling or like drama this shit that happens I'm like I don't fucking care why do I need to know 
And social media just like makes you know, you know, like you have to be, you know, just even if you don't care, it comes across the time like somebody quote tweets it or everybody's got to get the dunk in. And I'm just over the dunks. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not it's just not for me. I other people, that's their shit. That's fine. Social media. Like, I get it. I get it's 2023. I get it. It's just not for me anymore. I'm old. I'm fucking I'm an old man, dude. (laughs) I'm fucking 40 years old, dude. I'm going to be 45 and I'll never get rid of my Twitter until they kick me off, you know? <laughs> See, I mean, you are always in this, like, I wish I could be your, like, way about it. Like, you even have told me, like, you just have to be, like, like, part of it. Like, you're not, like, in just a way, like, you just, like, not my circus, not my monkeys. Like, you you, you just observe it and, and like, have a laugh. Like, I, I get annoyed by shit and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And I'm like, you know? I've definitely cultivated... Uh, a very curated timeline where I typically don't see a lot of the nonsense, you know, like I'll mute a motherfucker for like nothing. Right. Yeah. And there's people that I like, I like usually I'll only block people when like I see someone like signal boost and say like, Hey, this person's being like super racist or super transphobic or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that person will get a block and the whole thing. Um, but like I'll mute people and I have like this perfectly curated, like little bubble that I live in over on Twitter and very rarely does stuff come into it. And it's usually someone like Ed or someone else sending me a screenshot of something like, Oh, did you see this? And I'm like, no, I didn't see this. (laughs) Now I did. It's now, now I did. But a lot of times when it's like really egregious stuff, you know, like, and I'm just going to make an example because I'd asked somebody about this offline the other day. Um, cause I guess in a couple weeks, uh, New Japan Strong is doing a show in Washington, D.C., right? Okay. They're doing Washington, D.C. and Philly. Uh, last time they did, uh, they had Chris Dickinson on the show. And that was when Chris Very Dickinson handy. was like in the heat of all of his problems that he was having. Okay. Problems were going on. Right. Well, listen. Um, yeah, no, you know, that's a good still... word for it. I'm just, right. <laughs> see, like, this is part of it, though, too. That's why I can't be on social media talking shit. Well, Pe- I have to see wrestlers. They walk so, past me and they go beat well, the so, shit out of people. So that's the thing. And I'm only using this as an, as an example because I know it was a big uproar when he, was on, he wasn't on the Washington, D.C. show, but he was on the Philly show, but he wasn't announced. So people are like, blah, 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 blah about it, right? So I see now uh, with the shows coming up, I just ask someone, I'm like, I go, hey, is, uh, Dickinson on these shows and they said nope not on these shows and he's been removed from the roster page and it's more so of like keeping tabs on like stuff like that not like when people get taken off shows but when people have problems like how he has so that like when Mantis is putting together an LVAC card because he ain't on social media either I could give him the Iggy and say like hey you know that person was just involved in a such and such you know you may want to think twice about booking them and he's like oh thank you you know so it's just more so to kind of keep keep tabs on who might the problematic folks be so we don't run into situations of booking the wrong folks for an LVAC show, you know? It, it makes me feel good that you're saying, like, oh, Mantis wouldn't do this. And I'm like, yeah, me, I'm not I'm not on social media. It's like me right there, me and Mantis. I'm me and him making the same decisions. I like that. I like he's it. still on Instagram, though. But Yeah, me too, but that's, that's different. That's not people's opinions. <laughs> it's just dumb pictures of shit, artsy photos. There's way easier to cultivate a timeline of Instagram that's not weirdo, like, fucking opinion. Everybody, ev- everyone can have their own opinion, but I don't need to be forced to read it all the time. Hmm. I'm not. I'm I'm Twitter for life. I was just going to ask Joe, um, are we going to call Space Karen's bluff 
or are we going to remove two-factor authentication? Because I keep getting the notice every oh, day, and I haven't I, done it yet. I was actually going to tweet about it before we started recording, and I was going to bring it up here. I did it. I did it today. Coward. Um, and it's a lot <laughs> easier than um, if, you know, obviously, I, I can't speak for an iPhone person, but if you're, like, uh, you know, an Android phone, and you already have a lot of your stuff set up through Google, it's very easy. I mean, I'm sure it's easy. It's just the principle of the matter, you know? Of yeah, the t- to, like, the, it's supposed to be the 19th that they're shutting all that stuff off. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Who's Karen? <laughs> Space Karen. That's Elon, your buddy. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, all right. That's well, a perfect opportunity to play this. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents... This day in wrestling history. So, this is going to be very thematic. Uh, this day in wrestling history, is because that, real quick, is that the? Did I think I don't know, one episode I heard you guys say is du, is Dewicki the guy who made all your guys bumpers for you? Yeah, they're all fantastic. I yeah. love them all. Dewicki, you're the fucking best. Dave's the best man. Yeah, uh, love. Him. He did a bunch of stuff for us. He did a bunch of stuff for. Uh, DJ and Brett for We Need Wrestling. Mark is good. Him for Final Wrestling Place. Um, he does like the voices and stuff and shit. Like he changes it up sometimes. Yeah, like, I, I think it. he reached out to me to get in touch with Ed to set up to see like he's going to work with Ed for oh, nice. some sort of theme for Hiya Bussy, the new Ed podcast that's coming out. <laughs> you didn't give it the inflection that you usually do. I feel like you should do oh. it again. Like, this is a WNBC moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, give it your real, like, hi, a bussy. I got to do it like I'm Mr. Captain Frank. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear you do it. <laughs> um, hi, a bussy. There you there go. You go. <laughs> WNBC. This is key. Ad's right. laughing right now. I know. <laughs> so, this day in wrestling history, 1997. Uh, World Championship Wrestling held the uncensored pay-per-view from Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Not many uncensored matches on the show. There's like a Buff Bagwell, Scotty Riggs strap match. Uh, Harlem Eat, Public Enemy. Yeah, this was was early Buff, like heel turn NWO stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, So we'll, we'll do the positives and say... September of 96, Sting goes into the rafters. This pay-per-view is the first time that Sting comes down from the rafters. Oh, wow. So he had been sitting up there for five months, doing nothing, just watching, right? It's good work if you can find it. Good work if you can (laughs) find it. That is, like, some of the tightest shit. Like, as a TV, like, that's your part. Like, they go up into the rafters, and every time they show you on TV for five months, you're fucking up in the rafters looking down in crow paint. Just sitting there. Rock so hard. Still collecting a paycheck. Still collecting what the boys would call sting money, you know, (laughs) to do nothing. You know, I don't even think he was doing house shows at the time. Uh, (laughs) But the main event was a... Four on four on four, kind of, triple threat match of Hall, Nash, Hogan, and Macho. Oh, hell yeah. Against Team Piper, which was really just Roddy Piper and the Four Horsemen, including Double J. And Team WCW was only three people of the Giant Luger and Scott Steiner because they had jumped Rick Steiner earlier in the uh, night on the pay-per-view. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to make it this bit 
where uh, because I'm now AIW sound person, I every time you said anyone that I've like hit the music for or like did work, I was gonna like come up with some phrase uh, just to fuck with everyone who always just gives me shit about being the company man. Um, but it, Jeff Jarrett, your boy, my boy, hit the music for Mr. Jarrett. Uh, the only request Jeff Jarrett had all night, Joe. You want to know what it was? Oh. It's fucking. I loved it so much, dude. What was he goes, it? He goes. I think you could uh you could wrestle up a uh like an iPad or a laptop so I could watch this high school football game. <laughs> yes, yes, we can. Oh, what a guy. And he watched I high school you. football. He watched all the matches, like he was watching everything through the curtain, like he's watching shit. But he had that fucking iPad going and he was checking in. <laughs> I I always I always bring it up the first time that he came in, he was late. And if you remember, he did the opening s- segment with Dr. Dan. Yeah. And he got there late. The show had kind of sort of already began. And they had to go over the deal with the guitar. And I'll never forget, like, I guess they forgot to took the rod out of it. Yeah, that was just going to say. Uh... <laughs> and Double J's like, ooh, this isn't going to do. You know, you got to take that rod out of here. And like, I don't think we got time. Um, so they just, he's like, don't worry, kid. You'll be fine out there. And like, he swings that guitar like Jeff Jarrett Smoked does, him. but he killed Dr. Dan. I felt Dude. so bad for Dr. Dan. Smoked Dr. Dan with that fucking guitar. And I remember that was like one of the first, like, that was like when I was still just a fan or whatever. And I remember afterwards, or like, maybe it was intermission or something worldwide, was like, he told us, like, oh, yeah, uh, they've, they didn't take, because we were like, what the fuck? Like, he destroyed, yeah. like, what happened? He was like, he was like, late. like, it just, he told us this, you know, he was late or whatever, and they couldn't take the thing out. And we were like, holy shit. Like, yeah, yeah he fucking blew him up, dude. And that, and that was one Dr. of those things. Dan. He got there late. The show had already started. Intermission, he does the meet and greet. And then as soon as the meet and greet was over, he was gone. Yeah. So I never got a chance to, like, get my mark picture with Double J on that show, you know? Yeah. And then I know over the summer, when we were out for the uh, Astabula show, I was really pushing John because um, it was it was if you remember that was SummerSlam weekend, right? Yeah, everyone's and, rate that weekend was fucking through the roof. And Double J had just put out like feelers um, that he was looking to take indie bookings, right? Mm-hmm. And me and John were talking, and it's like, oh, he might he he might be done with WWE, and we were kind of laughing about it. Like, if he's taking indie bookings, he's got to be done. And like, he was in the like, he's never done. <laughs> well, he was like, he was on SummerSlam. He was the referee for the tag title match, right? Right. And, and he's sending out feelers to do indie shots. And I said, I go, oh, I go, John, I go, if you bring Double J back, I go, you got to get a price on Jeff and Karen together, you know. <laughs> and he's he did, and he sent Jeff the emails, and then it was like one of those things where it was like we were there on a Saturday. He heard the email back from Jeff on Monday, and then Jeff's like, "Oh, got to check my schedule, I'll be back to you." And then like two weeks later, he was on AEW, you know. So <laughs> another one of my favorite uh, Jeff Jarrett stories that I would be remiss without telling on this show because you're a big J- Double J guy is that show with Dr. Dan. Um, do you remember when he came out and sang the song Be My Baby Tonight? Yes. Well, TSJ is a huge Double J man. He wore the slap nut shirt to that show, um, but he was not satisfied with the crowd participation of that song and didn't feel that enough people were like singing it right and loud enough so when J- double j got to me and brian which was do you do you recall any mount carmel shows with me and brian sitting in front of you because that was some of my earlier yeah. aiw days and i used to get fucking hammered and just say 
dumb shit. So I'm sure you're probably like, who is this fucking asshole in front of me? But uh, he came over to Brian and Brian basically grabbed the mic and just was singing the whole fucking song. And it was incredible. I have a video somewhere. I'll have to look back through my videos and send it to you. But it was great. Definitely. Um, Brian, yeah, Brian got to sing almost the whole song with Double J. It was great. So jealous. All right. <laughs> So, also on this day in wrestling history, 1998 is usually when we do our Raw versus Nitro head-to-head. But for some reason, Raw was preemptive, and it's on Tuesday this week. So, Nitro's got the whole night to themselves. And the dog show was on, yeah. No, so it's weird, because usually the dog show would be, like, Monday and Tuesday. It was just preempted for, like, some sort of, like, weird St. Patrick's Day thing. And they still taped Raw on Monday. They just didn't air it until Tuesday. And again, if we don't go by tape date, we go by air date. So just just Nitro. And again, no good matches on Nitro. It was another thing of like moments, right? The look of the show. They're at Club La Vila where WCW would close down. We talked before about Sting sitting up in the rafters. They do a bit where you might remember this one. Sting repels down from the helicopter into the ring. Oh. Yeah. Okay, but there's two memorable moments that we're going to play here on the show, and this is the first one. Someone that everybody on the show loves. No introduction is needed because, again, he is the 1998 Cannonball Champion of the World. (laughs) Hey, before I get into this, uh, some of you guys out there, make sure you're nice to the fat girls over Spring Break, all right? (laughs) They need a little loving, too. So lit up. <laughs> That's body, he's body positive. One giant here a couple of minutes ago, and last night anybody that saw the pay per view and there were millions <laughs> got a chance to see Look at Juan, Scott. I the fucking big love sexy him. giant killer. <laughs> Do a Mark McGuire imitation and knock him out. I- he knocked a man out. Scott doing the Frankenstein taunt for Giant always killed and you know, the funny thing shirts is, they're wearing are incredible. I, I ain't seen the Giant all day, and I know he ain't got the guts to show up at spring break, because if he did, I'd give him the proverbial beating of his life. I dare you. I dare you, Kev. Feeling pretty good, aren't they? So, Giant, <laughs> if you're anywhere out there... I'm in a real good mood. Me and Scott want to give you a beating. Are you anywhere? Giant? Giant. Hey, Giant. That's where we get a cut here. The Giant's out to the ring. This is exactly what you knew, guys. You knew they didn't want any part of the Giant. Here he comes. Giant almost eats shit getting off the apron there. You know, Giants, you're lucky that I'm the 1998 Cannonball Champion (laughs) of Spring Break. Yeah. There it is. Oh. The fucking ring in the pool. We gotta do that, Thorn. I love it. You know what to do, well, Thorn. Only- All right. The so that's one. And then here's the other one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monday Night Jericho. That was in the middle of a plug here. Pay no attention to the music. He cares. Now let's get down. Let's go over the list. Of all the trophies I've accumulated over the last little while, we have Rey Mysterio Jr.'s knee. We have El Quasi's mask. Hoovy should be the shit the I was going to say, belt. look how pissed Hoovy looks. And now we've got Dean Malenko's dignity because after he lost his match to me yesterday, he took his ball and he went home. 
And of course, there's my future, which is so bright. I got to wear shades. I am going to be Taylor? known for no. generations to come. <laughs> not as an icon, not as a legend, but as a legacy. Yeah, legacy. My mom is going to be so proud of me. And Malenko, I'm going to take your Texas Cloverleaf, rechristen it the Jericho Maple Leaf, and make it hold 1,005 just for you. Thank you. I, I said this earlier today. There, there, there was nobody on the planet I thought was cooler than Chris Jericho. I was like, if I could grow up to be one, one thousandth as cool looking, as cool talking as Jericho, I was like, I would have been a happy boy. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! <laughs> if you, if you could do, yeah, if you could do this as like a video podcast, you could have that audio, but then put a picture of the pain maker over him saying Aww. how cool he thinks it is. <laughs> well, and again, it's crazy to think that like 25 years later, like Jericho's still like a major player in wrestling. And yeah, Adam is yeah. right. And like some of like WCW, we talk about it every week, like WCW, like they got their good moments. They got some hot stuff, you know, whatever you want to say about the main event stuff. I never remember. But like this Jericho stuff, I remember like it happened yesterday. Dude, like that show, like specifically all the spring break shit, I didn't watch WCW. I was just a WWF guy. Um, so a lot of the w, I, all the WCW shit I see is just like after the fact now as like an adult, whatever. But like those spring break shows where the ring was in the pool and shit and all yeah. oh, to do that looks like like if I could have been like a 25 year old in that crowd, like drinking beers like that would have been the fucking best. Those are probably some good shows if you were having some pops. WCW had some unique like atmospheres back in the day because they had the the shows at the Sturgis Bike Weeks too. And those were yep. like pretty interesting. You have all the people on their bikes revving the engines instead of clapping. I mean, say what you want, but that's a really unique visual and like audio thing, dude. And WCW did you? I just saw this like recently on like uh, I think it was Instagram or whatever, but. They people used to jump the guardrail at WCW like constantly. Every week, people would be jumping in the fucking ring. <laughs> well, they, they, you know, and they kind of instigated that a little bit. I'll say because they would always do the thing where like, oh, somebody's dressed as Sting coming out of the crowd, or like people are throwing shit, or it's like this big giant fracas, and some drunk college kid would be like, "Now's my chance." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it happens. I saw like a compilation of all the times it happened. It was a lot. It's the best. <laughs> oh, they take shots, too. They're fucking we, swinging for the fences, dude. We, Macho, there's a couple where Macho is just swinging for the fences. And that's the thing. So many times people would run in during those main event angles. And, like, even, like, what we know now about Macho Man, like, even at the time, he had a reputation for being just a lunatic. Like, I wouldn't be comfortable if he walked near me and there was a guardrail and security <laughs> between me. You know? Just jumping in the ring to get your ass beat. It's crazy. Yeah. And, the, you know, the my favorite, we talked about it before because it came up in, like, you know, our weeks talking about this and this day in wrestling history. It was, um, it was, it was a Dean Malenko psychosis match, and a guy jumps into the ring, and, like, 98-pound referee Mark Curtis, you'd... Uh, Pat, you'd remember he was like the skinny referee with the mustache in WCW. Yeah, I was going to say, I know which clip you're talking about because yeah. I just recently saw all these run-ins. <laughs> so a fan tries to get into the ring... And Mark Curtis grabs the grabs the guy in a front face lock and just sits on him. Yeah. And then for the next like hour on the show, Bobby Heenan is still laughing about it. <laughs> He's like, "You jumped into the rail and you got beaten up by the smallest guy on our roster." 
And he goes, it happened on live TV. He goes, you're an idiot. You know, and like Bobby Eaton was like, you know, and I think it was before Bobby was really drinking on the air. But uh, <laughs> he loved it. And that's nice. one of my favorites as well. You know, Eaton was the fucking best. All right. So last but not least, I saved this for the end. It's all WCW uh, this day in wrestling history. This day in wrestling history in 1994 on a European tour in Munich, Germany, Cactus Jack and Big Van Vader had a match. Oh, shit. Cactus went to do his patented hangman spot in the ropes, and uh, he lost his ear. (laughs) Uh, Like, that's crazy to think about, that that was, you know, what, (laughs) 29 years ago today? And And what was was the deal? The ropes were too tight, or they were made of the wrong material, or both? They were too... It was both. It was, you know, because they were still... Um, like WWF at this time was using like coated, like rope ropes. Like they had like a plastic coating on them. WCW had like a, almost like the steel cables that you would see more commonly in most other places. Mm. And then they go on tour and they're using not the WCW rings. And it was just something in between the ropes that WWF was using, the cables that WCW was using. The ropes were just wound a little bit too tight and Mick went to go do it and gone. And, like, that really changed his career for the better. Like, WCW did nothing with it. I remember there was, like, a promo on WCW Saturday Night where they mentioned it briefly, but they never did any follow-up on it. Um, You know, Mick talks about in his book that they left money on the table. Like, you know, you have all these things where in storyline like oh you you fake broke my arm or you fake broke my leg and now i want revenge it's like you ripped my ear off and like i could show you where i don't have an ear anymore (laughs) i'm coming for revenge and they're like nah no big deal we're not even gonna bother with it (laughs) wcw everybody you ain't kidding Mm. so that's what i got for this day in wrestling history let's talk about some stuff from this past week in wrestling adam I'm going to throw to you first. I I, I have to go first just because I don't want my thunder stolen on this one. So uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, Joe. Hold on. Uh Uh-oh. Hold on. You have pre-prepared bits. That's right. That's right. Even though... And I'm going to put it real close to the microphone so it drowns me out like when you play Jeff Jarrett. Hold on. Finally, justice is served, even though you were firmly in the camp of Jeff Jarrett, rooting against your former friend, Orange Cassidy. I never lost faith. I never allowed the new shiny toy that is Jeff Jarrett to get in the way of my loyalty to Orange Cassidy. And that's right on this past Wednesday's Dynamite, the AEW international title was leveled up thanks to Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods. In theaters Uh, this Friday. Yeah, in theaters this Friday. Uh, I thought it was a fun match. Uh, Jarrett obviously working OC's knee. Orange Cassidy did a good job of having that knee injury affect his offense, affect his ability to do a nip-up. Like, I thought that was really cool. Um, Eventually, Bryce takes a bump, and I thought maybe Dan Champion finally got to him and finally uh, caused (laughs) Bryce to maybe take a dive and get a belt for Jarrett. But uh, thankfully, 
Aubrey Edwards once again comes out, calls it right down the middle, chases off Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt. Uh, and then we have Jay Lethal come in with the Golden Globe. And I was honestly, I thought, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Fuck, Aubrey didn't see Jarrett, didn't see the Golden Globe hit. This is it. Oh, uh, there's going to be nothing but Jeff Jarrett photos as show images for the next six months. This is not good. But OC kicked out at two uh, and eventually got the win off of the Superman punch. I will say... Let Jarrett have a bunch of belts, but don't let him have Orange Cassidy. Uh, you can even have him beat MJF. I'm fine with that. But I'm happy yeah, with too. the way things went. I thought it was a, a really fun segment. <laughs> like the idea that Adam is sitting in his living room watching this match, legitimately like, oh, shit, like thinking he's about to lose. Like, oh, no. Dude, I'm, I'm with Adam. Invested. I'm with Adam. I bit on the Golden Globe spot as well. I thought it was going to be over. But just like at the pay-per-view when they're in the tag title match, right? And they they put, like, whatever chicanery they pull and the one member of the acclaim is laid out. And before he goes for the pin, right? Double J is kneeling down in front of the guy and he puts the two fingers up for the salute. And you could ask DJ and Brett and Michelle, because they were there at the pay-per-view, I jumped out of my chair, and I'm like, what are you doing? Just bit him, Jeff! Just bit him! <laughs> and he did the same thing after the Golden Globe shot, right? And I'm like, I like, I still bit on it, though. Like, he did the little celebration before he went for the pin, and I'm like, son of a bitch, Jeff, you're wasting too much time! Just bit him! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, listen, OC knows I love him. Um, he knows what the deal is. Everybody loves Double J. He's the best. I'm, sure, yeah. I'm glad everyone's coming around. And listen, I'm not someone who looks at the ratings, okay? But there's a lot of people that do look at the ratings. You're not a ratings truther. Not a ratings truther, but I will say this. It has been reported that while overall the ratings for AEW last night were down, the only segment that gained viewers the entire night was the Orange Cassidy and Double J match. Now, again, not a ratings truther. Um, Double J and Conrad said on Double J's podcast this week that the marketing folks, and again, Conrad said this, and Jeff just like kind of kept his mouth shut, but it was more or less, if you go back and look at like the last like 8 to 12 weeks of stuff, the highest segments on TV are Jeff and O.C., so somebody in marketing is like, hey, we have this marketing money. We're going to sponsor the show, but we're going to sponsor a match. Like, let, like they don't know fucking Jeff Jarrett or Orange Cassidy. They just see who's moving the needle for ratings. And they're like, let's put the two guys that move the ratings the most in a match together. And it was the only match that went up in viewers the entire night. You know, it was the only segment, whatever, right? Mm. Um, is this the end of Double J? No. Um, is there still more title opportunities, uh, in his future? Absolutely. And I knew the fix was in when MJF tweeted out that all he wants for his rebar mitzvah is for Jeff to win. And I'm like, well, Jeff ain't fucking winning. Mm-hmm. He cursed it. <laughs> and then I'll just end it. But this was one of my things too. And I'll throw it to Pat. Um, Trevor Dame, uh, on social media did tweet out, no one is a bigger fan of what Jeff Jarrett is doing during a Jeff Jarrett match than Jeff Jarrett, not even Joe Sposto. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, it's close. You know what I mean? Like he did the fucking Fargo strut three times. (laughs) Like in the first, like two minutes of the match, he does the strut three times. Then 
when fucking OC goes to do the the hands in the pocket and he does it slow, Jeff sells off like he's begging off and shaking his head like, no, don't do it. Like, you just walk over there and stop him from doing it, right? <laughs> oh, he has to sell off from it. Uh, and like, he's OC a true did, professional, Joe. <laughs> then to mock OC, he goes and does the thing with the pockets, but he puts his hands down the front of his tights and he just looks like Al Bundy sitting there, you know? Oh, oh such a great match. I watched it twice. You know, I watched it live. <laughs> And then I watched it again today on my lunch break. It was such a good match. <laughs> All right. What do you got, Pat? What do you got for us? Well, I haven't watched a lot of TV wrestling. Um, I tune into AEW here and there. I catch my, you know, my segments. I like my Kingston. I like my OC. You know, some stuff like that. Um, but I don't watch too much televised wrestling. I definitely haven't checked in with WWE in quite some time. Uh, but my niece and nephew were over on Monday, and I just found myself watching Raw because I'm off on Monday nights. I used to work Monday nights, and now I'm off. So, And that was part of the thing with watching wrestling, too. I worked Monday and Wednesday evenings. Um, so I'm off now on Monday. So my niece, she likes wrestling. So we were, found ourselves sitting there watching Raw for a minute. And I just I can't. I can't take them serious with this Dominic Mysterio hardened <laughs> criminal shit. Like, I fucking can't, dude. Like, it's so bad. Like, the children can't believe. Like, you're talking about one of the probably the most coddled children. Like, his dad was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, his dad's Rey Mysterio. Like, he's probably had every advantage in life. He's not a hardened criminal. And, like, the teardrop on his eye is, like, so poorly done. Like, it's just all so terrible. And like how how do how do people do it? How do you how do you watch that show week in and week out when shit like that happens and you're like, Yep, yeah, this is this is for me. <laughs> like, wow, how? Um, most people just watch um Roman Reigns and Bloodline segments. So the last thirty minutes. Well, no, usually it's the opening segment oh, of the Spice, show Spice on SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll watch like a Cody promo and that's about it, you know, and that's they're like, oh, man, WWE is like the best promotion in the world because of these like 30 minutes out of their five hours of TV a week. You know, (laughs) Um, I don't hate the Dominic Mysterio stuff. Um, I know DJ and Brett had mentioned on We Need Wrestling that like it's all a goof. That, like, they're playing along with Dominic Mysterio. Like, it gets called out that he was only in, like, he was in a holding yeah. cell for, like, an hour. And yeah, acting, like, like, right. And there. Graves plays into it a little bit, but it's still, he's so fucking, sometimes he, oh, man. If, if they're supposed to be, like, this evil, brooding, devilish group, then why are they fucking around and doing this? And my thought process is they're doing this to build up his confidence, to get him up to his level, and they're doing it to get inside the head of Rey Mysterio. To <laughs> screw with Rey Mysterio. So they like the when they call they call Rhea Ripley mommy or whatever, like he yeah. Corey Graves like exclaimed something about he's like, oh, oh no, mommy or something like that. And my niece looked at me and she was like why did he call her mommy? Because <laughs> she hasn't been watching. Like you know, it's like she knows wrestling, but she didn't know. Like she's not following the storyline. She's only like nine, so she was like, "Wait a minute! Like why? What was that about?" And I was like, "No, no, like, I got it. I didn't know how to explain that to her. Like I don't know. Like you know, he's like Latina. Like it's like a thing. Like, I don't know." <laughs> now I mentioned it on the show last week. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know if I'm going to play the whole thing. I might just zip to the end. But hello. My name is Mick Foley. 
I am seeking gainful employment as the newest member of Judgment Day. <laughs> this is my video resume. <laughs> I bring to the table 40 years of wrestling experience. I'm known as the king of the death match. A three-time WWE champion. Two turns. Top of the New York Times bestseller list. Most importantly for the task at hand. Hi. Like Dominic Mysterio. I've done hard times. <laughs> I know I may not seem like the perfect candidate. After all, I do not have the strength of a real The coolness and abdominal development of Finn Bauer. The leadership skills and mysterious aura. <laughs> Of Damien Priest or the athleticism <laughs> of Dominic Mysterio. Now, I'm not going to play the whole video, but as you see there, there's more and more tears coming up on his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have to watch. So here's the end. One more thing. Visual. Have a nice day. <laughs> was that? Was that a dick on his cheek? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a really good one that Mick put out last week. He doesn't do a ton of stuff on social media. I know he's got his podcast, but I figure since uh, Pat was burying poor Dominic Mysterio, I you know I I show that you know. No, absolutely, that's awesome. Can I say another thing? Um, it was it was I'm pretty sure it was in the last seven days, um, and that was me. Uh, contrary to what Adam will tell you and your fans and these listeners, I am the winner. Of nope, the nope, AIW cut draft. Cut this out. Cut this out. Cut this that out, happened this out. <laughs> on Wrestling Cheers. Justin Summers sent me a screen cap of the votes. I was the winner. You can go. Yep. Go ahead to go to the Bird app right now. Punch it in there. Let's see the results. I am your draft match king. Fucking whatever the word. Look at that. Is. I don't know. There you go. Forty-seven percent of the vote. That's right. Adam, it looks like you were in last place. Uh, that's, I do not. that's irrelevant. Adam told people I, to vote for me, so it's irrelevant <laughs> that he was last. All that matters is that I won. Sorry, go ahead, Adam. <laughs> I was just going to say I do not acknowledge the legitimacy of that vote. All of my burners voted for Pat when I thought he would be the underdog, and that's then right. I realized that everybody else was going to vote for Pat, and that's those right. that didn't voted for Stacy. The whole thing was fixed. Doesn't matter what happens in a poll. I still won. I am the draft show king. It's fixed because I win everything. I win every competition of drafts, draft competitions, every all the competitions we had on PVD. I won them all. So I continued my winning ways on wrestling cheers. You guys want it? You want to do something? You want to draft something now? I'll fucking win that right now. Let's do it. Can we just agree that we're both undefeated on draft shows? I think that'd be a good compromise. Undefeated means you didn't lose and you just lost to me. So I can't I, agree I, with that statement. Again. I don't know what you're talking about. I I, I won, so thank you. Thanks there for is, thanks for losing. <laughs> I think there is going to be a third one. I believe it's going to be me, Ed, and they're going to have a third. There's going to be a third show, and then the winner of that one would face me and Ed. Um, which, to be honest, if he doesn't do it, he's just leaving money on the table. I mean, it would be like the first ever PVD reunion. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't it's just like print and listeners? Um, so <laughs> he should try to get Jonas to be on. Oh yeah, that's never happened. Right, but. Um, <laughs> He could have Dom write up a card for him, and then he could just read it on air. You know, I could uh, I could call my team, um, you know, Ronald Two Legs team of you know some uh, sponsored by Adam. I saw I'll throw you in there, Adams. You know, somehow I don't know. I'll fix work away in there for you. <laughs> 
Well, We're I do friends, appreciate so, yeah. it. You know, I do appreciate you being uh, gracious in your loss, but uh, the one time that, Joe, you were the host of the Pod Van Dam Draft Show, Jonas basically reached out to me and was like, all right, give me a bunch of wrestlers that Joe will vote for, and <laughs> Joe will select, and that's why, like, basically his entire card was LVAC and Chikara people. Right. And, and he lost in that one, so it's almost like I he know. lost to me twice. So Well, <laughs> that was just because Joe sniffed it out. And didn't it's true. He did. He knew exactly what was happening. As soon as as soon as I knew Jonas was going to be involved in the draft, I'm like, he ain't doing this himself. And like, let's let's like I told I was able to tell by like the second person that he drafted. I'm like, oh, okay, he had Adam's help, you know. <laughs> um, but Pat, you had mentioned, you know, obviously, how do people watch WWE and so yeah. forth? And listen, right, I'm getting off track. No, it's okay. So listen, I like whatever your opinion of the bloodline stuff is. We talked about last week how people are like, oh, you know, Roman and Jay should be up for Emmys for their portrayals on TV and <laughs> wrestling so characters funny. and stuff. Emmys. <laughs> and, you know, Cody comes out and cuts his impassioned promos that do absolutely nothing for me. And Wee, I'm you're not 12. I'm turning the world around person by person by person one at a time to get aboard and keep drinking a little Mountain Dew pitch black or as we like to call it the L.A. NyQuil. Yeah. Yeah. But if there is one thing that they're building up toward WrestleMania that just skyrocketed to the top of my moments, things that I'm most looking forward to, it would be this from this past week's Monday Night Raw. I don't know what they're doing with Ali here. I don't like have, this. Have you seen Otis? Ooh, I have not. You know what else I haven't seen? Is you smile. Chad, trust me, you gotta be more optimistic. Sometimes the one thing you're looking for is right around the corner. Hashtag be positive. Hashtag much of a Shush! Well, you see no man reference. Hey! Yes! Oh, Jesus! Wow! Oh, a striation! You were supposed to have a match tonight, weren't you? Actually, Chad, you little goblin. I broke my nail scrolling through Instagram today, which means we're not cosmetically cleared to compete. That match is postponed until next week. Tonight isn't about matches, Gollum. It's about matching. And we're working on Otis's headshots. Otis? Otis, Otis, look, man. We don't always just have to lift weights, all right? Yeah. If you want to do this modeling yeah. stuff, I can do that with you, man. Do I'll do some poses here. Here we Take go. Take some shots. Get coached. Take right some shots. Ow! You broke my camera. Probably <laughs> broke it with your ick. Your Sandoval-esque ick. My what? You don't know. Clearly, you don't watch Vanderpump Rules. Tom Sandoval is a disgusting scab on the unpedicured feet of his Bambi-eyed mistress. And you? are grosser than that. Come on, Otis. We have work to do. Otis, look. We missed our morning session, but I think we can cram an hour's worth of work in 20 minutes, okay? Let's, 20, let's go. 20 minutes? Yeah, gym's this quick. Let's Sorry, coach. <laughs> so, if this is what gets these guys a WrestleMania payday, then I'm all for it. <laughs> this this is this year's Edge versus Booker T WrestleMania match that was over the Japanese shampoo commercial that Booker T was up for, and they ended up giving it to Edge, and therefore they had to have a match at WrestleMania. 
um, where dozens of people are not going to be on WrestleMania this year. The fact that Otis as a male model is going to be on WrestleMania makes me so happy because one of my top favorite gimmicks in all of wrestling is the ugly or like disgusting uh, beauty person, you know, like dude loves gimmick was that he was a chick magnet, but it was Mick Foley. Joel Gertner's thing was that he was the stud muffin, but he was like gross as hell. You know, anytime that you get someone who's, you know, repulsive by like wrestling standards and they have a gimmick of being super hot. It's, it's right to the top of my list. I mean, first off, it's Otis. Otis, uh, my apologies. <laughs> and second off, uh, calling someone a goblin is extremely underrated insult. That was incredible. <laughs> oh, but that's like that's it. Like LA Knight, this stuff with maximum male models. Yeah, and gently I'd watch that. If yeah. I saw that segment, I'd have kept watching. Yeah, and I need Maxine Dupree to have a match so that she can get consideration for the top 10 because i still have a vacancy i don't think she ever wrestled a match like she she might have done like house shows on nxt yeah um but then like they just immediately put her up on tv i don't think you'll ever see her wrestle a match and you know if you're collecting a paycheck from vince and you're not taking any bumps like that's the way to go yeah (laughs) well maybe one day but until now until then she's not eligible unfortunately (laughs) All right, it's back to me? Yes. All right, I'll, I'll just make this really quick. And just to continue the trend that I started from last week, uh, I've got another confession to make. Just sing that in David Grohl's voice. Uh, I kind of, sort of, liked the QTV segments on Dynamite. <laughs> like, I was very sports entertained. And I don't have any reason to justify it, but like I watched it and I, I, I had a little chuckle and then I saw Twitter was like, oh, fuck everybody on this. They're killing Hobbs. QT is the worst. Fire them all. Uh, I, I I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I don't want to see it like for 10 minutes every week, but I think like for a once in a while thing, it was it was entertaining and I have no problem with it. And I was, I'm, I'm proud to say that. Pat, did you see any of this? Do you know what this is about? No. So the only parts of AEW I saw was the OC Jeff Jarrett. That was the best part of the show. <laughs> I I could play the QTV segment, but I'm not. I know, it. I know who QT Marshall is, and I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, it was basically just a parody of TMZ, like the TV you know show. What? We're gonna play it. All right. Guys, this is QTV, where we've promised to keep our journalistic integrity and only give the pure facts. No biased opinions to try to ruin people's careers, right? (laughs) What do we got today? Well, guys, we all know that Wardlow's had a really, really tough week, you know. All right, I figured out why I like it. Uh Uh-huh. All all his belongings, and nobody knows who Dick is. What the fuck was that? I mean, it's already better than GTV. No, how dare you? He left it in the car. <laughs> what an idiot! Oh my god, yes. Give me that. Take everything. <laughs> Great journalism, guys. Great. But realistically, he shouldn't be so surprised. I mean, last year... Holy oh, shit, was that RJ City in the background? Yeah, that's RJ. Oh, 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 oh. oh, and with that haircut, he'd make a great Spike TV champ. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 
ruthless aggression. <laughs> he does a pretty good impression of that guy. Oh, but, but, but seriously, guys, seriously. What is next for Wardler? I know, I know. Whatever is next for Batista, just not as good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nothing's next for Wardlow because the idiot left his passport in the car. Oh. <laughs> we won't be needing this. What do you say, Hobbs? Warlow, welcome to Will's world, bitch. Now, so, oh, let me just ask: do, do either of you guys have you ever watched the TMZ TV show? Yes, I'm. Yes, no, I have. I'm aware of it, but I've never actually watched like, it. My mom watches it, so like, if I go over the house, it'll be on, and like, it's spot on, and like, how they all just like suck up to the head guy and like laugh at everything he says. And, like, I just, I think it's fine. I don't know why you guys are so negative. My thing that is was pretty good. No, I'm not gonna lie. That was kind of funny. I'm not a QT guy. That was funny. My thing about it is, is that it's like, is um. Uh, is what the fuck is is TMZ even culturally relevant in 2023? I don't know. I'm, right, I'm that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Wrestling's like five years behind everything, yeah. so of course it makes sense that they're doing a TMZ reference. What I think it's like I, I think TMZ's like ten years kind of like out of the cycle of things. Wrestling and, is like is like Canada, like you know how the yeah, 80s right. didn't get to Canada until the 2000s. Yeah. I, I don't I didn't hate it as strongly as a lot of other people did. I just felt as though like usually AEW tries a little bit harder to be a little bit more current with stuff you know a little bit right like i know they a lot yeah. of it, they come from their corporate synergy and whatever um i i feel as though this might be a step backwards for hobbs but if it gets him on tv every week i guess i can't complain all that much um but i just feel as though it's you know AEW usually is a little bit more culturally relevant than you know tmz parodies in 2023 well, what if QTV changes every week and it's like concept, like it's TMZ this week and next week it's the soup. And next week after that, it's okay. you know, Springer. And then the next week after that, it's something else. And it's just all over the place. It just go further back into the nineties with their parodies. Sure. <laughs> and it's like Donahue and right. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. <laughs> now I guess the real rub of this is that it gives QT a reason to fuck with like people who claim to be, wrestling journalists online like your brian alvarez's and your ryan satins and your who's the one that they fuck with on the stink sheet the the hillbilly kid what oh, the hell is his name yeah i can't remember. from I fightful i can't even think it. you're leaving somebody out here wrestling journal <laughs> oh oh who am i leaving out uh i don't know i thought you were gonna say okay so of all the people that qt now fucks with through this account he won't fuck with dave Meltzer through the account Oh, now that might be because Dave, Dave Dave got hacked this week. <laughs> Wrestling journalist journalist David Bixon's pan? Oh no, I, I don't I don't know about that. I, I think um David would be in on the joke, you know. He's the most famous one. What do you mean? Mm. <laughs> Who's that? Not Ryan. What's Why are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the guy's name from Fightful. I'm like I'm drawing a blank here. I feel so stupid. Everybody's yelling at me. Sean um, Ross Sapp. There you go. Okay. So it's As a reason for them. It's a reason for QT to fuck with them online about like how him is part of QTV as a real journalist, and that's like kind of like the meta reason that they're doing it. Mm. I don't know. If if I'm Tony Khan, I would have a list of certain social media accounts that if anybody on my roster interacted with them, they'd be fined. But that's just <laughs> me. 
<laughs> like positive, if you interact with them positively or negatively, you're fine. I don't care. Don't even interact with these people. <laughs> Hayabusa pod would probably be one of them. <laughs> Do you think no, TK you, knows who that one is already? You'd, you'd get bonuses if you interacted with Ed <laughs> online. Do you see a, Ed, Ed like yelling at Amazon that he didn't get his twice album yet, and Amazon responded to him like it was a legitimate concern. No, <laughs> you didn't see that. Was it? It had to be from the Hayabusa account. Yeah, it was on got, a Hayabusa, like because he he got the Pod Van Dam account suspended again. I was just gonna say, you guys said on the show last week or two weeks ago, whatever that Ed has like multiple accounts now, so he's just he's just jumping back and forth from this one and the PVD account, just just harassing people just nonstop. Yeah. It, he Jesus said that the Hayabusi was going to be his nice, like his, like, that's his non-fiend account. Like his fiend account is the Pod Van Dam one. <laughs> but like, he's going to be a good guy on the regular one. He's and, a tortured uh, soul, man. <laughs> <laughs> I drove past him today. I would, I drove past his, uh, not the dachshund, but I went past his house today. Uh, I feel like you're close on here. Cause it was like maybe yesterday afternoon. Okay. Yesterday afternoon, and you've been scrolling for that long. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he tweets a lot. Hold, uh, yeah, tweets a lot. That was like, holy shit. So while I'm looking for this, does anyone else have anything else uh, from this last week in wrestling? I do yeah. not. That's it for me. Just my win over Adam and uh, the Dominic Mysterio stuff. Uh, we're gonna cut all that out, but uh, just like we'll leave the Dom stuff in. But Joe, <laughs> just just search. Oh, there it is. Spot. Okay. Yeah, right. th- this is a funny thread. <laughs> so Ed tweets, where the fuck is my Twice album? And then Amazon Help, and he tags Amazon in it, right? Amazon <laughs> Help replies, we have missed the delivery date get, uh, given in your order confirmation email here. Um, and again, that's not really real English. Well, no, it um, says, have we missed the delivery Oh, date? have we missed the delivery date? Okay, and then he says, I mean, no, it's still it says till the 30th. I'm just impatient. Everyone is getting their photo cards and putting them on Twitter, and I'm just jealous. Now, bear in mind, they've already replied once. Ed is saying, no, the thing doesn't come out for another two weeks. Yet the Amazon Help account replies two more times. Sharon is what it's showing. Sharon. The person's name is. Do you think Sharon has any idea what a twice is? No. <laughs> Thanks for the update. If you need further assistance, please let us know. Thanks for the update. Yes. And then he replies, do you think I'll get another day hewn folded poster in mine? <laughs> and they say, we don't have that information. Keep going. Hope this helps. <laughs> and then they give up when he asks them what their favorite twice song is. <laughs> I really am. I'm disappointed in Sharon and not replying like a n- once or tw- you know, just a number in general just to fuck with Ed. Like the fact, like, like I get that they played along, but if they had just taken the time to Google like who Twice was and respond with anything, Ed's mind would have been blown. Okay, so I have to bring this up, and I know uh, Pat, you're not on social media, and this is an Ed show, and whatever the, the show is, whatever it is, right? So this is my most favorite recent uh, Ed interaction. So there's a an account. That is a guy who runs a bunch of McDonald's. He's an anonymous, but he kind of like, you know, he kind of shits on some of the other fast food restaurants. It's a very interesting follow, right? And about a month and a half ago, he says, hey, what's some random McDonald's questions that you've always wanted to ask? And like people were asking stuff. I ask stuff. So Ed replies to the guy, why won't they let me do ketamine in the restrooms anymore? <laughs> 
to which to which leads me to believe that there was a time where they did let Ed do ketamine in there and they stopped him from doing so. He's a fu- he's a fucking poser. He has never done Wait. K. He's never been in the K hole. He's never done ketamine once. He's a fucking poser. This is this is drug pose, dude. He's a pose dog. I can't I can't have this pose dog in. So the guy replies, because you can't do this anywhere else. Why would anyone want you to do this in a bathroom? And for what it's worth, I 100% prosecute anyone with drugs on my property. We are a family business with kids. A person has to be severely messed up to want to do drugs around a child. It's sick. To which Ed replies, okay, calm down, narc. (laughs) Great response. And the guy guy did like Ed's response. So like he kind of got the bit, you know? (laughs) He he did say though the guy said why would anyone want to do that in a bathroom and to be fair almost everyone who does ketamine does it in the bathroom yeah that's true Mick franchisee <laughs> but that was my favorite edit that's what you're missing on Twitter Pat yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm missing it Joe <laughs> to quote a little right. office space for you to get real old on you let's get into some voicemails huh oh please all right first up we have Stefani hey boys it is. The girl from the bog pack and the hog, the transom trash fire herself, Sea Hag Stefani calling back yet again. So I didn't really watch any wrestling this week. I watched some Space Ghost though, so that was fun. And yeah, it kind of ties back to my call last week. And first off, I really don't care about Ed quote unquote stealing that idea from me. That would make me a hypocrite in the first place because I've stolen so much shit from him. Like I probably say doing a insert whatever thing on a daily basis because of that bastard. So that was just me being a silly little girl, doing a silly little bit, and <laughs> anything else I may have alluded to as well. Unfortunately, since Ed's a good Christian boy, I'm unable to corrupt. But I feel like there's enough overlap between our sense of humors and taste that y'all probably enjoyed some Space Ghosts back in the day as well. So I'm curious, like, what is your favorite guest or episode or moment? Personally, I really like the, the episode that Space Ghost wrote that um, where he fires Zorak and his band and sends them to prison and tells Moltar to replace them with the Beatles, which, of course, he can't get the fucking Beatles, so he gets the band Pavement instead. And, yeah, I don't know. That's a funny episode. Also, you know, honorable mention to the one with the Macho Man where he plays Space Ghost Grandpa. That's good shit. But, yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, what, what are some of your favorite Space Ghost moments? And I'll take my answer on the podcast where I am legally mandated to take it. <laughs> And yeah, love you boys. Later. Before we get into answering that, Pat, like I am guilty of doing a lot of pod van dam isms in my daily <laughs> my daily dialogue. Like, do you find that that is something that like a lot of people that you hang out with or that you know listen to the show do? Like, say, like doing a journalism, doing a murder, you know, something like that, or um, is that just me and Joe being losers? No, doing he that's one um that people do a lot of but like uh there's been a bunch of stuff uh ronald's place do you do you call it mcdonald's or do you call it ronald's uh see i i i I don't go to mcdonald's so i'm a bad example but i like that ronald's place i do say ronald's place (laughs) um there's a lot like fart ropes white guys with dreads don't have dreads they have fart ropes um there's a bunch of things that we've said on that show greasy that was oh, oh yeah, Greasy is definitely like that. That has escaped Pod Van Dam. I think that's more of a at odds phrase now. Like we've completely we, well, taken ownership of it. 
You're welcome. Yes. Um, the League of Greece and so forth. Yes. Council of Greece. Council yeah, I was just going to say, I, I I started Greece, and I can't believe I wasn't uh, incorporated in the Council of Greece, and that's my fucking catchphrase. <laughs> you, you you don't want to be in the Council of Greece. No, no. You, yeah, you I'm do. a good whole. If you remember PVD, I'm the one. I'm the wholesome one on the group. Yeah, that's, that's true. Shit. That's why I never figured to include you in any of the meetings. And here's the thing about the Fair Council enough. of Greece. No two people know who is in the council because I, I keep it separated, you know? Fair. So it's like, if, if I yeah. have to contact one person with some information, I do Plausible it. Separately deniability. Exactly. There's yeah. a lot of people in the council who don't know who their co-members are, but I digress. Space ghosts, never seen a second of it. So really? Absolve. Wow. Yeah. I, maybe wow. I turned it on like once or twice in it's like peak to see what it was about. And I just, couldn't get into it, but I don't remember anything about anything. Um, my answer is all things Brack. I love Brack a lot, so anything that involved him, I'm fine with. Um, as Adam mentioned, my cable company didn't have Cartoon Network when it was at its like peak peak, so mm. I kind of caught it toward the tail end or like on DVDs or whatever it was. But if I had to pick one, it was the episode of Space Ghost where they introduce Aqua Teen Hunger Force, <laughs> um, where they're like completely different designs. The voices for like Frylock and Meatwater are completely different. Um, yeah. It's still Dana Snyder doing the voice for uh, Master Shake. But I, me and my wife are probably the two people who enjoy Aqua Teen Hunger Force the most and I do the least show. amount of drugs, which is zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's good for it. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. Carl Bertanaluski is like one of the greatest characters of all time. Now, there's a lot of Carl things oh, that Carl. I say in my real life every day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you're a rock star. None of this. Um, uh, none of this matters. Ignignat and Ur. Oh, yeah. This. The Moon Knights are incredible. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen Aqua Teen either. Oh, you. I. 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 I, I I would recommend it to you, but there's no way that it would permeate your life. Happy no. time, Harry. Uh, when David Cross is happy time, Harry commence jiggling is and he gets the other doll to kill himself. <laughs> like it's, um, there's so many good, yep. so many fucking good episodes of that show. Um, yes. hand, but, ha- hand banana. Oh, you, <laughs> I'm over here doing MCP the da, 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 the horror um, music. The, the character MCP Pants stayed at my parents' house one time. What? Um, yeah, he um, he went on tour. MC Chris went on tour with uh, the band Piebald, and Piebald I know Piebald. Okay, family friends of mine. I've known those guys for a long time. And whenever they would come to Cleveland, they would stay at my parents' like house, like the childhood house where I grew up in. Like even when I didn't live in live there anymore, like they would come to town, they would just go stay at my parents' house, uh, and because they knew like my parents and shit. And uh, one time, uh, they were on tour with MC Chris, and he came over to my parent. They he stayed at my parents' house too, and uh, we sat around a, f- a campfire in my parents' backyard, and um, he rapped over Travis Chattel of Piebald playing guitar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Come on. All right. All right. Next call. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Stefani. No, absolutely. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Uh, hello, gentlemen, and special mystery guest for this episode. So today's 316 day. I'm sure you all celebrated with oh, your family and everything. Hell. Yeah. Uh, but that means tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. So my themed question of the week, who is the luckiest 
person in professional wrestling, they don't want to necessarily say luckiest wrestler because variety of people we could count referees, managers, promoters, etc. But question to the group, who do you feel is the luckiest person in professional wrestling? And you can take that however you want for your own personal interpretation of luck. Looking forward to the show and, of course, looking forward to listening to the Patreon as well. Talk to you later, guys. Love the cheap plug. I'll be very quick. Uh, if we're talking about a while ago, around the year 2000, I'll say David Flair. And if we're talking about Kurt, I'll say Sammy Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's your number one. I thought uh, AB was your number one. Who, who's her boyfriend? That that's not the luckiest. I thought she was dating a wrestler too. No, she's dating like a weird like pop star, like a four foot two pop star that wears a fedora and has finger tattoos. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Ryan Cabrera. I don't know there where you he goes. Go. Yeah, <laughs> I was keeping it with wrestling, but oh, uh, Mr. Two. <sighs> Man, luckiest guy in wrestling. Um, Disco? He got to keep his job being a no-talent piece of shit for how many years? Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a hard one to say. Luckiest guy in wrestling. I don't know. Uh, Cody Hall? Because his dad was Scott Hall, and that's like the tightest fucking thing on the planet. Hmm. Uh, but uh, that logic, I guess you could say Brian Pillman Jr. too. <laughs> well... Uh. Neither one of them used their cool fathers to actually have, like, a decent career, though. That's true. Cody's got time. <laughs> I think I think Cody's ship has sailed. The nah. young upstart Cody Hall. Yeah, yeah come on. So, uh, Mayan, uh, you, you, like, you would think to say Vince, like, all the shit that's come out about Vince in the last, like, eight months. Like, uh, <laughs> 15 he lives. In, yeah, he should be in jail, right? Or dead, or both, right? But... You know, I don't know if, like, the way that Vince is living in 2023 is luck, right? Yeah. Um, I will say, and this is actually unrelated, I, I, I'd like to think this would inspired uh, Kevin's call. Thank you for the call, by the way. Um, the And two weeks in a row, we're going to talk about this person on the podcast. Um, it would be Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster, because he is still someone who is in a position of power and gainfully employed by the World Wrestling Entertainment. <laughs> after all the shit that he's been accused of and on record has done like horribly behind the scenes and still somehow fails upward just because he was nice to Triple H for like a week in 1993 in WCW he gets a job with WWE for life I'd say that's pretty lucky yeah can't argue that <laughs> I was just going to say, I got to start being nice to people. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you don't have to be nice to anybody. Now, this is the thing, uh, you know, Pat, we haven't mentioned in a long time in the show, but I don't screen the calls. Sure. And I only mention this because, like, I get, like, a little voice memo thing, like a little text memo, but I don't read it. Um, and it's one of those things. I don't screen the calls just in case anyone comes on here and says, like, a bunch of, like, racist shit or a bunch of homophobic shit or evil shit or something. This is me absolving myself. And Adam and you, as a guest of the show, of anything, it's like, oh, I heard Pat on this podcast, and this person came out and said all this crazy shit. It's like, no, it was an unscreened phone call. Pat had nothing to do with it, right? What is, is the cock cutter co kid about to call or something? What are you <laughs> setting me up for? Right no, now? it's just this is when I'm going to play Ed's calls. I don't know. Oh, what okay, yeah, yeah, pink button. <laughs> yeah, pink button. Well, he only called once. Fucking shocker. No, he didn't call once. 
<laughs> hey, John Adam, it's that. Hey, listen, I turned Impact on for the first time in fucking uh, almost a year, probably. And they're trying to make me watch Max do a fucking bar mitzvah or something. This is stupid. You, you guys make fun of me for watching Impact, and this is supposed to be the good show. Are you shitting me? This is bad. Ugh, I don't want to turn it off so bad. I just want to turn it off. Game, I... <laughs> I think he meant that he turned on AEW for the first yeah, time. I was going to say, wait a minute. Yeah, and uh, that, that opening segment with Max and the uh, Four Pillars did kind of stink, but, you know. I went to a bar a sh- mitzvah once. I uh, worked it, and um, Max Weinberg 7 played. Oh, um, get out of th- That's cool. Yeah. You worked it? Did you go over or what? No, I I, uh, I did a bunch of like we skinned all kinds of stuff in the Barclays Center to like have this kid's like logo on it. It was fucking wild. <laughs> Pitbull performed. I got to see a live Pitbull performance. It was fucking tight. Jesus, That's, I don't know. I, I feel as though that money could be like you know be put in the kid's college fund or whatever instead of having like. All this money spent on a party like this, but whatever. What oh, that know? kid's grandfather owns the Barclays Center, and his dad is minority owner of the Barclays Center. He ain't going to fucking college, brother. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, Ed calls back. Shocker. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, Rude. So, Orange Cassidy <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett literally just ended, and I have a thought just for your show, and it's a real wrestling thought about a real wrestling show and a real wrestling match that just happened. That match was a love letter to Jeff Jarrett main event DNA matches. And you may have already talked about that, and Joe, you may have just agreed with me in an exciting way, but I want to tell you, I can't imagine anything in the fucking world that deserves a love letter less than those awful fucking matches. (laughs) It's like doing a love letter to, like, 2002 Triple H matches. No. Who fucking would want that? It's so, oh. That was infuriating. That match was infuriating. I I was just, oh, my God. I just have flashbacks. You don't even know. I get that was the point, Joe. I get it. Right. I don't like it, though. It doesn't mean that I like that I went through that. And hopefully I never have to go through that again. Hopefully this is done. Oh, my God. Just, you're, just this is the fucking worst. <laughs> Oh, I, I, Ed, bad take. Yeah. I don't say that about Ed ever. No. That's a bad take. <laughs> I know he's just got that bitterness in his soul from, from the King of the Mountain run, and I get it. I get it. I, I was once in his his shoes, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch that match with Orange Cassidy and let any past biases affect my my realization that that was a master class of professional wrestling. You should, uh, Joe, you should play Jeff Jarrett's theme for Ed's and maybe right. he'd get on the boat, you know, get on the boat more again. He does have one more call, but yeah. It's not blasting those so yeah. Ed is one of many people, and listen, I completely get it, because um, I think it was like uh, summer of 05, where Monty Brown was like this super over baby face, and it looked like he was going to be the one to beat Jeff for the title. And not only does he not beat Jeff for the title, the next pay-per-view, they turn Monty Brown heel, and then he's like Jeff Jarrett's henchman. <laughs> and like that month... 
of TV like pissed so many people off from Jeff Jarrett. Now, listen, I I have my issues yeah, with Jeff, and we brought it up before in like O two or O three, whenever he had the feud with Raven and he beat Raven. But then, like years later, I found out like, and again, it's one of these dumb things where TNA wanted Raven to sign a contract if they were going to push him as the champion and Raven didn't want to sign a contract. So they're like, well, if you're not going to sign a contract, we can't push you as the champion. Right. Yeah. Whereas Jeff says at the time, like while he did have say in the company, Dusty was booking and Dusty didn't like Monty Brown. He didn't think Monty Brown was good. Prior to the Jeff Jarrett feud. I don't know if you remember Triton in TNA. No, no one remembers (laughs) Triton. But this was the guy that Dusty thought was going to be, like, the next big thing, and he came in, and the idea was to have him go over Monty Brown, and the crowd just, like, ate this guy alive, he sucked in the ring, and then I think Dusty was, like, pissed that, like, his hand-picked guy, this Triton, got shown up by Monty Brown, and that's where, like, the whole thing with his not liking Monty Brown came in, but like Jeff did have ultimate say, and their idea was a vet, like what ended up happening like a month after that was they put the title back on AJ, right? So like that was the grand plan. It just sucks that like Monty got like super over. It was kind of like um what's going on right now with WWE, where like Monty Brown is Sami Zayn. They wanted to see him beat Roman Reigns, double J, but the plan is to have Cody, AJ Styles, win the belt. So you know, we're going to give Sammy Monty Brown like the shot, but he's going to lose and that he's going to be, you know, the buddy of the other main event guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's why Ed hates Jeff Jarrett. No, yeah. uh, Monty Brown, super fan. Yeah, it really is. Ed brings it up at least once a week. <laughs> he, he was just talking about it. I just listened to the episode where he was on where he's talking. Who's Monty Brown's trainer? He was like obsessed with that. Sabu. Yeah, boo, that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, last call from Ed. Hey, it's Ed one last time. This question is just for Pat, though. Oh. Pat, Pat, um, what Sanrio skate deck is your favorite Sanrio skate deck, and who, uh, who do you like doing your show with better, me or Steve Guy? <laughs> hey, bye. Hmm. Uh, this is like a time where I get to drop the classic uh, at odds catchphrase. Well, they ain't ever going to listen to this, so I can go ahead and Steve Guy's <laughs> never going to listen to this, so I can go ahead and say Ed. Um, now, there's definitely Smart. two different uh, two different types of co-hosts, I would say. Um, Steve Guy's not going to say the things that Ed says. Steve Guy, <laughs> you know, he's, he's just driving the ship of me and John Thorne just getting off topic. Um, but the skateboard one, I think he just wants to talk about how Hang Yodan is like his new favorite guy. It's like the green, like sea monster looking dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw I saw uh, Ed tweet something about that out, and uh, AIW Swamp Man uh, tweeted at him about it. So that he was related <laughs> to that guy. He brought it up to me not too long ago in the PVD group chat, so I assume that's what he is like yeah. getting at. Uh, what did you Pat- say now? What? Swamp Man? Yeah, what's the, his the name? The IW wrestler? Who's the what's his the Swamp Man, the Swamp Monster? Hill who had the program with Hilljack? Yeah. Yeah. He has a Twitter account. He has at a least Twitter somebody's account. saying that it's him. No, I believe That's it's tight. him. Okay. That's but tight. 
I'm going to use this opportunity now, Pat, to follow up on my earlier question. Who is the Jonas and who is the Ed out of me and Joe? And why? I think that uh, this is going to get me in so much trouble. Um, <laughs> but Joe, I think, is Jonas for the sheer <laughs> fact that um, Jonah just kind of like steered the ship of the show. He like hit all the buttons. And we're, we're, we're racism aside, Joe isn't like <laughs> Jonah right. in that way in any way, shape, or form. Uh, political pl- pl- platforms uh, negated on this stance. But. Uh, you know, and that kind of so Joe's back there hitting buttons. I I can see his screen. He's like scrolling around, doing all kinds of shit at once. <laughs> um, and uh, Joe, you say mean things about people like Ed does. <laughs> you mean me, right? Or yeah, excuse me, Adam. Adam, yeah. you say mean things about people like uh, Ed does. So yeah, that uh, which I do too. I'm guilty of. I used that's part of why I can't, couldn't do PVD anymore. I, I would say mean things about people, and then God forbid I have to see him in the locker room. No. <laughs> I will say this, uh, you know, I know the question wasn't for me, but I like the episodes of the card is going to change better when it's just you and John as opposed to you, John and Steve Guy. Why? I think with you and John, it's more conversational and it's like more of a free flowing, like two guys just chatting. Whereas I feel as though like Steve is trying to like host the show, you know? Some, I would say, in Steve's defense, that a lot of the shows he's done uh, were, like, hard sells on shows, yeah. or they did have an agenda, so John will tell you, like, because he does this to me, he will say, like, for for example, what I was going to say is, the episodes of him and I, he was just like, we're just going to go on and talk about whatever. There was, There's never really been an AIW card show that I did that he was like, okay, we got to do X, Y, and Z. It's usually just us, like, we got to put something out. And I'm always like, hell yeah. Like, that's how I got the job. People are like, oh, do you get the AW job? I had the equipment and told Thorne <laughs> I was available. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> that's how I got this podcasting gig. So I don't yeah, like- that's right. So hell yeah. I don't know if that's entirely true. <laughs> well, Todd said no, and I was around. <laughs> I think what it was was Todd had two friends that liked wrestling and he's like, if they talk about wrestling with each other, maybe they'll stop trying to talk wrestling to me. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find out about that by listening to the vintage at odds, Patreon show. Oh, that's right. And that's where uh, this week's homework is going to be where uh, we're going to discuss the January 17th, 2000 episode of nitro uh, the night after sold out. Uh, Chris Benoit just won the world heavyweight championship. And I'm sure that'll be a big talking point of the episode of Nitro that we'll be discussing over there. (laughs) Absolutely. And obviously go to MassLibrary.com and check out our friend Kevin's write-up about it. Um, I'm glad that I publish my notes on Patreon and I do my notes before I go to his write-up. Because when things overlap, now there's proof that I did not copy him. Um, But it is also time I'm going to announce what our homework is for next week. On Patreon. And Joe, uh, I feel like this was inevitable. Uh, what's that word I can't pronounce? Like film odor, odor, ovir, film odor? Ovir. Ovir. I feel like we've been, we've been studying the film ovir of this famous thespian. And it's time for us to go into his, his masterpieces, like his peak work. 
And no, we're not going to watch the earlier movies in this series done by those hacks like John Cena. We are going to start with number three, and we are going to watch Marine 3 Homefront, starring Mike Mabiz Zanon. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hometown boy. Absolutely. Representing Ronald Two Legs here. I like like George. I'm not sure how I feel about Mike. (laughs) Marine 3 Homefront. Let's see. I have to fucking pay for this shit again. God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Th- you know what? Got to get some Patreon patrons. Get these. Uh, you know, it's expensive work to do these. Wait, these shows. It's not anywhere for free, man. That's crazy. Well, I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend I can ask. Hang on. <laughs> oh, it's Mr. T. Orens. I'm familiar with Mr. Hey, Orens. come on now. Watch oh, I thought you were going to say it was George that, you know, oh. George Mazanin. That would be fucking tight. And I say it every time that you assign one of these goddamn things. How are these WWE WWE films movies not on goddamn Peacock, right? Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. They figure it would be. It's not like, oh, there's a bidding war and they they, they lost out to fucking Netflix or it's, HBO Max. It's got to be. It's got to be some sort of like publishing house, like parent company, just crossover where they don't do it. It's got to be because, yeah, that is like, why wouldn't you just put that on there for content? Dude, look at that shit. Fucking what's his name? Jake Paul is just right up on there on that front home page, huh? <laughs> Well, that shows computer wallpaper that you saw. Yeah, definitely. I'm just saying a wallpaper. Somebody's got him front and center on a wallpaper <laughs> there. That was interesting. So he's Jake Paul or Logan, whichever the fuck one it is. My, my friend seems to be having some buffering issues, but I'll definitely check it out. Um, you know, we, I think we did okay with putting the uh, homework this week in the Dropbox. And uh, I think once I uh, procure a copy of the Marine 3 home front i'll uh, be able to put that in the dropbox for everyone else as well you know excellent yeah or we can just go to like your local walmart's 299 dump bin of dvds and they'll probably be there as well yeah. <laughs> uh so you could also help us out um by signing up for iwtv jerry's internet wrestling emporium use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber it doesn't get you anything uh, but it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. Uh, they still haven't put Jerry's picture up at the local bowling alley for bowling a 300 game the other week. That's so uh, incredible. That's he, he, that kid's an unreal kid. He's like a I love Jerry, 40, 40 year old man. Um, <laughs> but um, T Public Sale is next week, so we'll kind of give that a little bit more of a push there. Um, you know, it is clearly labeled over at at oddswrestling.com uh, mm. but you can make uh, your eBay purchases through our affiliate link and we get a little bit of a kickback and uh, when you click on links to various merchants on that site and make a purchase this could result in the site earning a commission affiliate programs and affiliations include but are not limited to the eBay partner network yeah <laughs> I'm glad Over all that, my bases. Yeah, exactly. Got to make sure that that is said exactly the way that it, that people say it needs to be said in a loud and clear voice into yeah. a microphone. Yes. <laughs> um, what else do we got? Is that, and that's all the plugs we got too. Uh, there's no, some podcasts you, you should listen to. Yeah. 
in a loud and clear microphone. Uh, but those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, If You Catch My Grift, Coming Next Month, Hi, Abusi, a wrestling-adjacent podcast. Go check out Mr. Ronald Two Legs on The Card Is Going to Change. Hey. Uh, I expect uh, an at-odds mention on the next uh, recording. I've and said it on I, there before. I, I just, yeah, I'm just saying. And I've been hearing and reading in the darkest, deepest recesses of the internet that the A-Show might be coming back. Uh, so if that happens to all of us, I mean, if that happens, uh, it'll also rejoin the plugs. But, Pat, do you have anything you want to plug? You didn't. Uh, you didn't plug. Uh, what's remember when I had the feud from that kid from the stink sheet? What was I calling him? Kevin or Kyle or some shit? I know his name is Kurt, but I was always calling him by a different name to be a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if I'm, they're in the official plug segment, but we gave them a nice big push last week, and I'll give it to them again. Um, you know, they're kind of like the spiritual successor to what Pod Van Dam has left behind. You know. Yeah, and even, I am though, a, even though this past week's episode was an all Oscar show, well, the first like. 30 minutes was there's a <laughs> solid hour of non Oscars after that. And, and Pat, this is entirely on me. This is not Joe's fault. I am very bitter. If a podcast doesn't plug us, I don't plug them. Oh, they plugged us. Not, bad. <laughs> not recently. Maybe right. if you remember then Adam from when I used to say on PVD, then fuck Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's all right. But other than, uh, obviously, the card is going to change. When's the next episode coming out? So, you know what? I should probably ask him because we got a show on the 24th, AIW 216 with Sean Waltman, Timothy Thatcher. Uh, We got a bunch of people coming in. Uh, So we'll probably do a pod for that one, I would have to think. Um, Thorne's had a bunch of stuff going on, uh, you know, with his car shit and all kinds of stuff. There's been all kinds of shit going on. Um, It's hard to, you know, to get all three of us together. So sometimes it's like... You know, I don't know. It's just been at the, it's been at the bottom of the list. We've been trying to be better about it, and then every time we say we're about to be better at it, we go on hiatus for like three weeks. Um, <laughs> but there's just so much going on with the production stuff yeah. and shit like that that it just it gets pushed to the bottom of the list. But uh, they we have been doing some pretty rad stuff with our Patreon as far as like front row at the Tadmore, the last Tadmore show, everyone in the front row got like a specific uh, signed photo, like a, r- a rare, like custom signed photo, like a, a picture that I took actually at the last Odeon shows, everyone from the final, uh, from the main event uh, about before they went through the curtain. So it was like a pretty cool picture and they all signed it. So everyone in the front row got one of those. Um, it's the only way you can get it was through that. So it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, they're going to be doing more stuff like that. So maybe we don't put out a podcast every week, but we are trying to kind of work on stuff to get you, you know, the best, the best experience you can. Uh, please come out to our show on March 24th at the Temple Live. It's a brand new venue that we're running in Cleveland. Uh, we haven't been back in Cleveland proper for a little while. So we'd love to see everyone pack that place and show the Temple Live how a real wrestling company puts people in that building. Um, I heard rumors that somebody else ran there once before and it didn't look so hot. So we're hoping to maybe uh, have a little bit different view on our hard cam. So. Well, you guys are a wrestling promotion. They're an entertainment. Um, 
affiliate they compete with circuses and comic conventions <laughs> um, is, isn't that the lie they tell themselves or was, I don't that, know. or was that the previous regime that's now um a backstage mentor at mlw <laughs> i don't know i don't even really want to give them any time or whatever but right. everyone please come out uh check out sean waltman's gonna do a meet and greet i mean come on it's x-pac dude you gotta you gotta get out for that I, thatcher versus dom what the yeah fuck, thatcher dude? versus dom awesome. Uh, JB versus Bronner versus some Jamoke. I was just gonna say, Adam, you're not gonna come out to see your guy take on you, you know those two powerhouse titans, Josh Bishop and Isaiah Broner, dude. I was originally supposed to be in the Goldstein car, but I think Josh lost my lo- my number. So oh, I don't know what damn. happened. <laughs> well, Josh, get on that horn and get him in there, man. You Adam wants to see his hero get murdered live. <laughs> did, did you see their Twitter interactions in regards to that? Where Broski. Was like, oh, first time I get stiffed, I'm leaving the ring. And then JB replied, he's like, you know what? I wouldn't even get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny it. because fucking on major uh, podcast, Brian slays Broski every time that Broski, for as much as he complains about everybody else being stiff, Broski's the stiffest motherfucker around. Um, <laughs> spoilers for the show this week. So they just came back from Australia and they do a bit in the match as heels were like, they accidentally like bump into each other and kiss. Right. And yep. Broski and Myers, Broski and Myers. Right. And they do, when they did it in Australia, he goes, we didn't just bump into each other and kiss. He goes, Broski grabbed me by the head and pulled me in. Like <laughs> he stiffed him on a kiss. You know what I mean? Like that's how fucking stiff Broski is. So I don't fucking want to hear it out of him. Sometimes right. Gotta smooch the homies, dude. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Just let it happen naturally. Don't grab him and pull him in. That's kind of, he's, well, I don't want to. He's aggressive, man. Yeah, he's very, poor Chelsea, I'll say. Chelsea. The Spearmint Prince, that's what I call him. Oh, my God. Why, is that what he smells like? Yeah, his, he, you know, peek behind the curtain, they all do, like, their water bottles and yada, yada. Broski puts, like, spearmint, whatever, in his, because it's so it, like, doesn't dry as fast and it also i appreciate it i think it smells great back there because sometimes it stinks back there uh with everyone eating their creatine and farting and all kinds of shit back there um yeah broski smells great it's it's awesome (laughs) that's the inside knowledge that i never thought we would have on this podcast you know that's great that's that's what you get actually i kind of i've been tossing around i might do it for the 24th i've been thinking about doing like a vlog and doing like what it's like for me back there in the back, but I don't really think too many people would care, but you know, whatever I used to do a podcast for like 10 people might as well do that. Right. I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, a vlog, make sure you get Broski on it. Um, (laughs) two things about the show on the 24th that I want to mention Waltman being there doing the meet and greet, right? Can't wait. Okay. Waltman's the best. Waltman's the coolest motherfucker in the world. I'm going on record and saying, I guarantee you Waltman's cutting a promo on the show. Guarantee. And I mentioned this to Thorne when Waltman first got announced, and he's like, no, Sean just said he's going to do this, this, and this. And listen, I love Sean to death. I think Sean is one of the best guys that I've ever met. Like I said, I've you know, Double J I missed out on, but going to shows, I've only gotten my picture taken with two wrestlers, Terry Funk and Sean Waltman. Of all the shows that I've been Respect. on, and all the names that have come across, AIW, oh, you know what? I apologize. Let me, I have to throw a third Ooh. one in because uh, again at the time I was I didn't think of him that way but now it's a different story Waltman, Terry Funk and Brian Danielson those are the three pictures that I've gotten with people right. on shows you know doing stuff for independent wrestling for 18 years right Waltman I love him to death he's a glory hound 
if you <laughs> give him the opportunity to go out there and cut a promo, he absolutely will cut a promo. Not saying that that's a bad thing, but again, it'll be a bigger thing if, you know, maybe if you can convince Sean to do it, then it's not for the Fight TV thing or whatever it is. It'll absolutely happen. And uh, and the last set of shows, the one that you guys did at the bowling alley with Sandman, right? Yeah. Okay. So you guys did like a thing where you filmed a bunch of promos backstage. Who filmed those promos backstage? Were you involved with that or no? No, it's been a, it's a couple different people that hold the camera or do whatever. There's a few people that have been involved, but we've all we just really you know with the new production stuff and filming everything ourselves, it's kind of yeah. an all hands on deck. Everyone, uh, our everyone, all the students, a lot of this, it's just all everyone's got to be available, and everyone's been doing a great job. It's we're trying to really step it up. Uh, so uh, I'll mention this to you because I mentioned this to Thorn. And uh, I didn't want to bother Dom with it when I got a chance to see it. He's had a rough enough week the way it is. Um, yeah. Not everyone needs to say fuck 15 times in their promo. Because mm-hmm. if everyone says fuck 15 times in their promo, then did really anyone say fuck? You know? Uh, kind of take some of the teeth out of saying it. It's just like everyone's like, fuck is this, fuck is that, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm like, guys, come on. We can cut a wrestling promo without saying fuck. All right. Sometimes when you're in a bowling alley, the, you channel the Lebowski, the dude, and the dude likes to say fuck. So I, mean, I guess. All right. Gotta take up for my guys. I'm a company guy, dude. Yeah, they should probably purge those fucks. And oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, do you have any uh, purges this week, uh, Pat? Anything that you deleted off your phone or that you sold? Yeah, the only one I did, I deleted off my phone. I sold a bunch of cards. I do a lot of that, but I deleted a photo. I didn't. I didn't delete it. But so, what photo I sent to the group chat was uh, Mr. Brickster, a screen grabbing TSJ, talking about a picture uh, he found a Mr. Brickster. Uh, t-shirt at the thrift store yeah and posted early contender for find of the day mr brickster like re whatever he put it on instagram and uh it's a 479 in this economy with some laugh emojis i just i sent that to the group chat like look at brian he's talking about yeah that was i just thought (laughs) um i did not delete any jpegs or screenshots uh i sold a card on ebay i sold one of those two sweet antique uh broski cards I sold uh, the one that had the uh, the swatch of the GCW Hammerstein gear that was signed. Sure. Uh, but I, I bought that because I was like, oh, I, I want this when it came out. And now, like, months later, I'm like, I don't need this. So I sold it. Getting rid of broski stuff, huh? I, I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not unsubscribing to any Patreons or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you're listen, anyways, listen you're, I, I got I to shoot again on somebody here real quick because I felt bad for you. This man calls two weeks ago or whatever last week and makes fun week. of you because Broski makes fun. This man got slapped in the face by John Thorne and kept going to AIW shows. So let's not talk about who's mean to who and then continues to patron their whatever their, you know, yada, yada, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ed. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, I, I thought this was the reason you were coming on the show to defend Broski. <laughs> uh, two, um, I don't know. Uh, Ed hasn't gone to that many AIW shows lately. He seems to be going to unsanctioned pro shows more often than not. Um, thirdly, Adam, you're just quitting dull chat groups all over the place, aren't you? I'm a little bit of a phase. I'm. Uh, I'm uh, it is the year of financial responsibility, so I figure it's okay. best. It's best that I, I, I distance myself from temptation. Mm, any sort of Facebook groups or DM groups or anything like that. I get you. Yeah. Those types of things. But what are you purging, Joe? So the only thing I purged was, uh, again, we've mentioned Ed about a million times on the show. Yeah. Uh, but he had tweeted out a picture. 
It was like an eight bit picture of Pikachu uh, cocking a gun, and it said, "He can't. We can't expect God to do all the work." And I saw that, and I had to send that to my kid. I thought that was really funny. Um, and then the other one was, uh, you know, we mentioned it before about the QT Marshall thing, you know. Uh-huh. Um. So I just tweeted out, "I'm like, oh, we're doing a fucking uh, TMZ parody in 2023." And then uh, right underneath it, those WrestleJoy jerk-offs that Andy Nemethy or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, like in this person who sent it to me's timeline, it was my my tweet. And then right underneath it was theirs that said, uh, QTV was great, brilliant stuff. And I'm just like, you fucking ass kissers. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, so that's like I- there. Sorry, I feel like I've been uh, mean to Ed this whole podcast. I'm sorry, Ed. I love you, buddy. Now nah, you don't need to apologize <laughs> to anyone. You won't listen. Fuck Ed. <laughs> Before we get to the best part of the show, do you have anything else, Pat? Um, no, that's all I got. All right, buckle up, Thank- buddy. Thanks for having me on. Buddy, Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> Such a good laugh. You did that so good. Every time I hear it, I'm like, you did that so good. Uh, that is also a DeWiki special. Obviously, it's my uh, my impersonation of Broski impersonating DiBiase, but rest yeah, you're the is- talent in that one, bud. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, like I, I don't know why Dewicky took so long to get that thing done. I mean, the music was made. My my voice was made. He just had to put them together. It was a, it was a great job editing by him. But you're the talent in that one. Thanks. I appreciate it. Mister Two Legs, did you purchase anything this week? Yeah, it was funny actually because uh, I made a joke about it. Uh, I got some Amazon. I got an Amazon box, and uh, my wife was like, "Oh, what's in the box? Something fun?" And I said, "No, this package is actually a package of packages because I ordered bubble mailers to ship out cards." And so I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, very unexciting." It's a business expense, you know. It's the cost of doing business. It's it's normal. It's fine. Yep. Joe, what about you? Uh- I was going to say, I remember about a year ago, like that stuff, like top loaders and bubble mailers and stuff were like in short supply. Bubble mailers are fucking, you can get thousands of those things. Then. Well, I, like I said, I remember. I hot so, pink. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> I bought nothing. Uh, it was a lean week for me. You know, no shirts. Saw a couple things that, um, you know, I, I, I scratched the itch for. I didn't need to buy. You know, it didn't bother me. I was able to move on, you know. Okay. Fiscal um, responsibility, respect. Okay, yeah, you know. Um, so I made a very fiscally irresponsible purchase, and it's not because it was it was very very far from expensive, but it was just something I'm like, why am I buying this? Uh, like I, it's really just me throwing ten dollars not in the garbage, but I'm like ten dollars that I could definitely spend on something more practical. But I bought from a recent uh, pro wrestling tees crate. I bought the Orange Cassidy Super Kick socks. Oh. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, you you're gonna, gonna put wear those Cassidy on socks? I'm gonna buy them. No, I'm, I, I keep all my socks mint in bag. That so. goes in the detail, or that go in like a box? Uh, no, this will just get thrown in the box with my Mark Sterling sex socks that came out a couple years ago. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> Joe, you want to explain that bit? 
Do you know, I, I know this has been quite a lengthy show, and I hate to get into another oh, diatribe fine. of something, but you just said to me, "sex socks." Yes, kind of. I need a little smart story. Mark here. Sterling, sex socks. <laughs> so you know, smart Mark Sterling of the Broski Show. Sure, of course. Many years ago, this is very early in the pod. I think he had mentioned in passing. Or they made a joke that Mark's the kind of guy that leaves his socks on when he has sex with his wife. Oh, and then man. that became a bit that he has special socks that he puts on. Oh, that's psychopathic has... behavior. Right. He doesn't. <laughs> but Mark's a good guy and kind of rolls with it. And, of course, anytime something gets mentioned more than twice in the Broski show, it's like, oh, we're going to market those. And did they really sell Smart Mark socks? They didn't sell them. There was the major pod mystery crate that came out last year, and that was one of the items in there. Gotcha. Incredible. So I still have those sealed, and uh, Orange Cassidy has been joined with them. Uh, And I don't know if there's any other AEW talent that I'd want to have socks of. Uh, Maybe a Tay sock, but that would, you know, that would end up standing on its own after a while. Jesus (laughs) Christ almighty. (laughs) Grease. Uh... Pat, do you have anything else? No, I just I just want to say that I would that that's the type of level of carny that I wish a PVD would have gotten to selling sex socks. That would have been awesome. <laughs> just getting fucking money, just hand over fist for just the dumbest shit. That would have been so awesome. Yeah. Um, one other purchase I do have is, and this is what my lesson that like don't ever buy AEW chase figures like. Uh, like when they first come out for like hundreds of dollars, because you're always going to shoot yourself in the foot. And I, I've learned the lesson. I overpaid for my first Brody Lee chase, but I just bought and I again I probably shouldn't have, but I bought it because it was cheap on eBay for forty bucks. I got the CM Punk chase. Okay, is that the one of five thousand or? Uh, I think it's a one of five thousand. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of them popping up in stores, but you know, like I've never ever found a chase, and I never will. Just Based on the fact of how much safariing I do, you would think that it would have happened by now. So mm-hmm. it's just never going to happen. So if I can buy a chase that I want for forty bucks, like I, I'm all over it. You know, it's it's twice retail. Who cares? I make I spend more than that in gas money. You know, I'm from Chicago, real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I agree, one hundred percent. I don't. Me and Ed like Phil. Yeah. The only nice thing he ever did was pay for Ed's dog. Allegedly, <laughs> we don't know that for sure. Right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, just as a side note, I don't know if you saw Billy Gunn facts uh, tweeted today. He went to do a Target run, and he sat in his car for like ten minutes doing something else, like getting his work shit together. <laughs> and in that ten minute time frame, as he was getting out of his car and going into Target, he saw a kid coming out of the Target with the Britt Baker one in five thousand chase. Jesus! And he was what? like, if I didn't sit in my car for ten minutes in the parking lot. He goes, I would have had it. What, what, what is this? the kid walking out of the store parading it over his head? Look what I got everywhere in the parking lot. How do you know that? I don't know. I'm just telling you what he said. That's yeah, insane. I, I can believe it. And stupid kids probably going to open it and ruin the value. I, I love Billy Gunn facts. He's an incredible human being, but he's that's something a, else. Yeah. A crazy story. Yeah, he's a bit of a storyteller. Um, <laughs> but that is the that's it for me for purchases. So I did not make. Uh, really hardly any purchases this week. I just want to real quick, Joe, did you see the Walmart's like collector's con stuff that went up for pre-order today? The WWE stuff? They had a bunch, but mostly the WWE stuff. Yeah. You know, I was talking with some folks, nothing really like struck my fancy with it. Um, like there's the Ray, there's the edge, there's the Eddie, 
and who else am I missing from that? Uh, well, so there is an their Walmart exclusive Ruthless Aggression Ultimates of Eddie Guerrero, like the WrestleMania 20 era. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the Rey Mysterio. It doesn't show in the initial renders, but it has like the giant like Mexican warrior headdress. Right. So that's kind of cool. So those are the only two ultimates that were shown. I could swear there was an edge. The edge one isn't an ultimate. It's part of the ruthless aggression elite line. Okay. Um, and they showed uh, that coming soon is going to be Walmart exclusive ultimates of RVD and another Brock Lesnar, like a young Brock Lesnar. Okay. Um. And then there was a Roddy Piper and very young Hogan, like uh, like early 80s Hogan of the Superstar series. Yeah, I saw those. I, I haven't dipped into the Superstars thing, so I'm not going to do it now, you know? Yeah. So, like, all this stuff went up for pre-order today, and I, I just, like, I've had such bad luck with Walmart pre-orders. Right. In that if I order a Funko, they'll send it. I, I'm knock on wood. I have a hundred percent success rate with Funkos, but I have a zero percent success rate when it comes to wrestling figures and transformers. So when they put those up earlier, uh, DJ actually uh, shot me a text to give me a heads up. Uh, and it's, it's funny because everybody's like, oh, send this to Adam. He's probably asleep. I was asleep. So uh, he was the first person to tell me about it. And they also put up some more uh, 1986 Transformers, the movie-based uh, figures, too, like uh, Transformers figures. Uh, and they all went up for pre-order around the same time. And I'm like, you know what? Fool me 17 times, shame <laughs> on everybody. You know, So I didn't bother to pre-order anything. I was just curious if anything catches your eye because I definitely want those Ultimates. No, nah, there was a, like there was a couple of the Mar- like the Marvel ones, you know. But if I didn't bite on the two Ben Riley ones that we talked about last week, I'm not going to bite on anything else, you know. Yeah, they showed a Walmart exclusive uh, Ronin from Hawkeye, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But then it's it's in a cardboard box, and I'm not buying any Legends in cardboard boxes anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's my big thing is like because I saw the Transformers ones, and they were all in cardboard boxes, and I'm like, yeah. I know that's similar to how they originally were, but. It's not. That's not the right thing. So that's that doesn't feel right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely get those ultimates when I see them, but I'm not pre-ordering them. Mm-hmm. That's a sucker's game for Walmart now. It's just you're not going to get them, you know. But that's it for me. Like I said, I just bought the the fill from Chicago Chase and the Orange Cassidy not sex socks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all, all I got. And sex socks if you try hard enough, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, Pat, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. you let me come on here and write all those wrongs. You know, I appreciate that. When you um, when you go back and listen to some more older episodes from six to ten, six to ten months ago, and there's stuff that get in your craw that Adam and I have absolutely no memory of talking about, we'll gladly have you on to settle our hash again about it. You know, well, so, so that'll probably. I mean, I'll, I'll love to come on anytime, but that'll probably be my bit. I'll probably would all call about Ed calls with like his gripes about wrestling and stuff. I don't watch too much wrestling, so I'm just gonna listen to your show and call in about the mean shit you say about me from six months ago, and we'll talk about that on the voicemail. <laughs> yeah. You make sure you give us an episode number so we can go back and like, you know, pull the clip and listen to see how bad it actually was, you know? Sure, sure, of course. <laughs> All right. So for Pat and Adam, this is Joe saying thanks everyone for listening. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. See you later.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. 